I am so glad you decided to join us today. This is the Words for Life podcast, where we have candid conversations about successes, challenges, and the benefits of strengthening your relationship with God. This will positively impact your life. Welcome to another Words for Life discussion. I'm your host, Terrence Farrell, a.k.a. T. Farrell. And again, I'm just I'm just happy you're here with me. I, I just want to I want to take a, a minute to give a thank you. Thank you for everyone that tunes in consistently. Thank you for the emails letting me know that it's it's uplifting you, it's inspiring you. Thank you for the DMs, all of it. We really appreciate it. I really appreciate it. Um t- today is going to be a, a, a awesome a awesome episode as well. I got a friend of mine Longtime friend Lionel Birmingham, uh, played with him. I feel like many moons ago, but it was it was a little while back, a little while back. But uh, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna jump into to the the episode in a minute. Wanted to first start off. I'd like to start off with with a kind of uh, a testimony or or a word that that I got from the Lord. This one this one is a testimony. So. Um, I've been having a little problems with the IRS. Now, anybody that's had problems with the IRS, you know, uh, lawyers just said, just pay them, pay them, make them go away. Just, you just pay them. Don't, don't, don't fight with them. But this was something where we're not in the wrong. Um, I have a young son and, you know, since, since he was born, we started claiming him. And it was cool. And then we just got a letter saying, you know, it's a few grand that we owe because they decided that one of the tax credits, they're not going to honor that. Or somebody changed it. Somebody changed it. and Nobody knows who changed it. They said we we um, sent in an addendum. And so basically trying to get through to the IRS, it just it wasn't working. We kept going back and forth and they said, well, okay, we'll look, you know, we send in correspondence. They said they didn't receive it. We have certified mail. Long story short, uh, they started sending letters saying they're going to start attaching to our bank account. And, you know, we could, we could, we could garnish a check, you know, go into your pl- employer because the IRS could do whatever they want. And my wife said, I'm done. Let's set up a payment plan. I was like, no, 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 give it to me. Let me call. And before I called, and I called today, before I called, I said, Lord, I need you to come through. And now get it. I, I've been raised in church. I know God. I know you got to have faith. But I feel like, you know, I prayed for my day. And so he should just work through my day. I normally don't like every little thing. But this time it was just like, God, I just, I need you to work it out. Mind you, every time we call, they say, you know, mail it in, whatever. The lady I got today, the Lord worked. The lady I got, she went through, looks, I see the notes. If you could fax it directly to me. And I'm like, I don't have a fax right now. And she was like, here's my number. Here's this. Here's that. Basically, now it's not taken care of yet. But the favor that I was shown by this lady saying, fax it here. What number is it going to come from? I mean, she took down all the information. We couldn't fa- We couldn't pay somebody for us to be able to fax it in or email it. Wasn't going to happen. God opened the door. I just wanted to share that. Um, listen, and it's something that I struggle with. Every single thing, ask God for. Don't be afraid to ask Him. Don't feel like ah, I got this. This this one's small. I can manage it. Ask Him for every single thing. 
He's there for you. He wants you. He wants you to communicate with him. I can go on and on, but I don't want to. So I'm going. We're going to move right into the episode. I just wanted to share that. Hopefully, that encouraged somebody to 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 keep moving forward with God, to start relying on Him a little bit more and a little bit more. Um, and yeah, I hope that encouraged you. Now to to my episode, to my special guest today. I'm gonna I'm gonna read his bio because. He gave me a bio. And as I was reading it, I was like, yeah, I remember that. I remember. Oh, I don't remember that. Wow. That's kind of dope. And so I'm going to I'm going to go through. Um, this is not even his whole bio. I'm just going through a piece of his bio here. Lionel Birmingham was raised in Brooklyn in an artistically creative household. Um, he's an alumni of York Institute of Technology, where he majored in electrical engineering. So did I. Um, but after that, he de- dedicated himself to his art and his career within the music industry took off. He served as a musical director for the East Coast Regional Mass Choir, toured across Europe for then Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch, which today is known as actor Mark Warburg. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh, him. Uh, and also toured with Bad Boy Entertainment's recording artist Faith Evans for many years. In search of widening his career abilities, he transitioned into songwriting and producing. Becoming a businessman, he then co-founded the production company, The Jetsons, the name behind the dynamic duo, Nina Sky. The Jetsons introduced Nina Sky to hip hop DJ Cypher Sounds, and was later signed to Next Plateau Entertainment, division of Universal Records. In 2004, the group was introduced to the world with a brand new reggaeton sound. Lionel Birmingham co-executive produced the album. The The single Move Your Body was released on April 27, 2004. And it reached number uh, reached number seventeen on the Billboard charts. Um, it eventually spiked at uh, within the top five. Throughout his musical career, Lionel has worked along with well-known artists such as Sean Paul, um, SWV, Allure. I don't even want to butcher some of these names. Betty Wright, Carter Banks, Java. Um, and, and, and many more, many more. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at some of the names. Some of them I know, some of, I, some of them I don't, uh, which led him to a contribution in a Grammy-nominated album and co-producing songs featured uh, in film soundtracks. In July of 2016, Lionel released his single as a solo artist, Purge My Soul, featuring T-Soul. The single was distributed by Universal Music in Canada, but T-Soul appeared on the 12th season of the NBC show, The Voice. Also, uh, above all, oh, above all, and this is, this, is, this is why he's here on the Words for Life uh, podcast. Above all, his many accomplishments, Lionel Birmingham is a cherished son, the big, the best big brother, I think that's his sister that wrote that down, <laughs> to his two siblings, um, a loving husband, a devoted father, a good nephew, 
super cool uncle, and a loyal friend to all those who know him. Most importantly, he is a humble servant of God. Now, let me tell you personally a little bit. That, that was his bio. A little personal with Lionel. He is one of, because I know a couple, only a handful, one of the most unselfish musicians out there. Um, not even when it, not even just music, when it comes to life, he'll give advice. He'll take his time out. He'll take the call. He'll give you like, yeah, this is cool. You probably want to do a transition here where, you know, some people are just like, no, no, you know, I'm trying to get on top. And once I get on top, you know, you just gotta, you gotta pave your own way and all of that. He's not one of those guys. And I just, I really appreciate that. He's just, I just got mad love for him. And Without further ado, help me welcome my brother, Lionel Birmingham. Lionel, how you doing, bro? I'm good. I'm good, T-Man. And I, I definitely want to say thank you for having me here. But most importantly, congratulations on what you're doing here, on the success. Because especially with everything that's going on, it's <laughs> important to shine a light and let people see a positive aspect. Let them know, listen, you can A, have God. Number two, you're not by yourself. We're all in this together and to push forward. So congratulations to you and everything that you're doing on your success, man. Thanks, man. Thanks. I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it. So so now with all the accolades and all the things that the many things that you've done, I mean, I didn't even talk about the gold album and 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 all of that. What's one of your most memorable success stories? <sighs> See, this word is interesting. The word success is one of those words to me that are sort of relative mm -hmm. because it means different things for different people. And, you know, I was definitely blessed, you know, in the industry that we're in to sort of, I've always been interested in building something bigger than myself. So when I teamed up with Elijah Wells and we formed the Jetsons and, you know, he's like, Hey, I, I have these young girls, a set of twins from, you know, Roosevelt Island, you know, let's kind of help build them. And there was a lot where we, that we did to cultivate them. It took a few years. It's not like day and age now when you have social media. We not only did the demo, we also set them up in shows, you know, at just assemblies at elementary school, set them up in magazines. You know, I was sort of the MD for the band to help, you know, so much to do. So mm -hmm. can you imagine as a producer, you're doing that and now you play an integral part of helping somebody see their life goal to become a singer and to say, hey, listen, let's come together and kind of work on a song. And that song becomes one of the biggest songs of, of that year. Yeah, yeah. You hear your song on the radio and for the album to go gold as a producer and executive producer is a feeling that I can't explain. But that being said, my greatest success is how I am as a husband and a family. Hands down. Really? Absolutely. If I had a choice to have my family and how I am to them, how they see me, what I pour into them, mm -hmm. than to have the hit records, I'd rather have my family pour into them, be the person that they can depend on. And of course, being that we're, we're creative people and chase my career and never to obtain it, than to have that and it come at the sort of the detriment of my family. Yeah. And you know, 
one of the things that I, I, I consider my greatest success and my quote unquote hit record is this, you know, this past year has been, has been tough for a lot of people mm-hmm. and COVID has really shined a light on everybody's life. Good and bad. The right. good is, Hey, we have family. Let's keep in touch. The zoom, the bad is okay. There's certain things in my life. Maybe my career wise or financially, we have to make adjustment. So my wife and I, we have three kids and, you know, Terrell, Brandon, Danielle, and our son, Brandon, who is like our kids, we've been blessed where they've been on the honor roll. You know, they play at so many sports, they do everything. But my son, Brandon, he, I, I don't know, T, he just has something that I, I consider my wife and I pretty much ambitious people. My wife went back to school, got her bachelor's and her master's. Mm-hmm. You know, and God has blessed me to sort of accomplish so much. But when we sit back and we look at this kid, what God has done in this kid's life, he has allowed us to help. I'm amazed. But with that, he's very, very opinionated. And throughout this COVID time, he has been frustrated with us. You know, we have had a lot of conflict, especially him and I, because he's like, yo, listen, I, I want to go to school or my friends in school. I'm like, yeah, but. That's, you know, that mommy has underlying conditions, you know. So it, it was always a sort of conflict that we've never really had. Mm. I've always believed in pouring into my family and my kids. So his mom and I decided because he does well, we understand his frustration. You know, we're going to sort of get, you know, him a PlayStation. Now, I've been late to the game <laughs> and I didn't know the rat race that people were going for this, you know, this console, you know? <laughs> right, right. And I've always been one of these people in my 51 years, be careful what you say. Why do people on Black Friday get up at 4.30 in the morning to stand <laughs> online, right? <laughs> right. So as I'm trying to now find a way to, you know, parent my son, who's frustrated, who's good, who doesn't understand why he has to do school from home, he says to me, Dad, in, in coming out of one of our conflicts, um, I really want this PlayStation. Do you think we can, um, you know, go to GameStop on uh, Black Friday at 4.30 in the morning? I'm like, uh, <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm like, that's not what I did. I always, like, didn't understand. People did that. So we get up early in the morning and... 4.30 in the morning, it's cold, and I, and I stand online for hours with my son. And here is where my hit record comes. Someone who has been definitely frustrated with his parents, who's been vocal, mm-hmm. he, you know, he, sometimes he says that his life is oppressed. I'm like, bro, you don't even know what oppression is. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Great. But he turned to me and said, Dad, it doesn't even matter if we get it. The fact that you came here with me and spent time matters everything. Wow. To me, that was my hit record. Yeah. To me, when sometimes relationships are complicated and, you know, you know, my wife gets on her nerve, I get on her nerves, vice versa, that we still want to be around each other because there are not there are a lot of married people who don't. Mm-hmm. That's my accomplishment. That mm-hmm. I make a difference, that my kids want to be around me. So with everything that you've, you know. You said, and you know, me also be having the opportunity to be on a TV show, 
you mm. know, I, I was sort of, I did a cameo because uh, the first family hip hop, Bravo T was sort of showing the life of the Sugar Hill family. Sylvia Robinson, remember? Yes, yes, yes. I remember that. I remember that. Yeah. So I was brought in to sort of help the granddaughter, the heir to everything, help her career. And they kind of showed me, you know, doing my thing and they're waiting for Lionel. That was a blessing. And even that, being nominated for Grammy, does not compare to my family and my relationship with God. So that is my biggest success. That's that's what's up, man. That's that's a that's a great perspective. That's a because sometimes sometimes it takes people a long time to get there, and then some people never get there. They never understand that. And, and you know, uh, yeah. And you say something important. This is the reason why I want to emphasize this point to sort of tag on what you're saying. Because let's say, for argument's sake, I'm a young Lionel or even a 50-year-old Lionel, mm-hmm. and I, I play my local church, I would like to have some hit records or platinum, whatever it is, but for whatever reason, timing or relationships, or I never get there, but I am good to my family, to my mother or my parents who are aging, I, to my community, my church. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I could be made to feel like I'm not successful. Yes. And I will tend to disagree. Not only is that person as successful as this Lionel, but mm-hmm. in my book, you're more successful. Mm-hmm. But so it it never appears that way. Yeah. It, it's always that person that's still chasing and they and they might even turn around and say, yeah, you can say that because you've had the success like you've you've been, you know, Grammy nominated. So now you can say, oh, yeah, my family's more important because you've, you've seen the, the stuff. But I want to get there. I want to taste it. And it's a it's a it's a rat race that can can send you in circles. And the one thing I will I will tell the person that the people that have that mentality, mm-hmm. there's one thing you have to be careful. I can sit here and look at Terrence and be like, yo, I want to do what he's doing. But here's the thing. I don't know what Terrence went through. Yeah. yeah. yeah what he went, or to maintain what he's lost. So we have to be, there's nothing wrong with me looking at Terrence or whoever I admire and say, you know what? I like to do the hey T, how do you do this? And want to better myself. But to wish I was them or, cause there are a lot of people who, who have money mm-hmm. that you and I don't have to worry about and select and they're struggling. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. 100% right. Because we never know what a person's going through. Absolutely. Never know what it took for them to get there, what they lost, the sacrifice, all of it, all of it. You never know. Right. What a person went through. So right. that's, 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 that's excellent advice, man. That's, that's really cool. That's really cool. Um, and which, which leads into my next question or where I was going next. I was going to ask, what's one of the toughest things God's pulled you through? Mm. Okay, I, I, I'm definitely going to speak, you know, in two sort of worlds, two parallel universes, <laughs> because just so that people can understand, even, even with my blessings, to kind of put it in context. Mm-hmm. I've had some highs in my careers, and I've had some lows to the point that I'm like, okay, am I going to be able to do what I love? And it was feeling Terrence down for a while. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. and was figuring because for whatever reasons, relationship, you know how life is yeah. and was like, Lord, what am I going to do? But even in those moments, that is not considered my darkest hour. Mm-hmm. I've been married for this year, going to be 23 years to a wonderful nice. woman nice. Who, who pushes me, who inspires me. And you know how it is when you first get married, you're, you're trying to get your bearings, you know? You have two people who are raised differently. You know what I'm saying? Martina and I, who are raised by the same parents, we look at life differently. Right, right, so right. going right. into it, the first few years are very critical as you're figuring yourself out. Mm-hmm. So about two and a half years into my marriage, as we're figuring things out, I'm a father to, you know, our child, Terrell, who was maybe about seven, eight years who, that, around that time. My wife started to feel some pain in her arm. And she was like, I'm feeling pain. I'm like, you sure? She was like, no, I know. It's just this, you know, we know, especially women know their bodies. It's mm-hmm. like, I- I'm feeling pain. So I'm like, all right, we would go to the emergency room and sidebar, doctors, all respect to you. I understand why you go to medical school. You were about, you know, malpractice insurance. Cause this doctor came in there for about two minutes says, all right, you know what? We're going to do a test. Here's a pill. And that was almost a thousand dollars. So much respect. That's a, that's a hustle. <laughs> right, but, right. You know what I'm saying? So I, much respect. Uh-huh. So what happened was, you know, they didn't know what it was. They thought maybe it would be arthritis. So they did a CAT scan and found nothing. Mm-hmm. So they sent us to a uh, specialist, a New York Presbyterian, in the city, and decided that they're going to do a, a MRI. Mm-hmm. Now, around this time, my wife was also dealing with another issue with her thyroid. Her thyroid gland was always swollen. They weren't sure what was going on, and they realized, you know, there's a lot of polyps there that maybe we might have to kind of remove her thyroid gland. Mm-hmm. which is serious because the thyroid gland produces, you know, hormones for the body. Right, right. So just to pick a, set a picture. So finally, we go down to the hospital, you know, Presbyterian, and it, you know, it's crazy. When you go there, it's like almost like you're going to a Fortune 500 company's boardroom where it's wood, you know, that yeah. plush, you know, burgundy leather <laughs> chair. And it's like, wow. Yeah. Doctors are <laughs> Doing, they're doing it big. I'm in the wrong business. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so <clears throat> we sit with the doctor and he's like, okay, well, we're going to do, we're going to do an MRI. We're like, you know, we're telling maybe, you know, doctors were saying it might be, you know, cask- uh, it might be arthritis. You know, they did cast. He said, don't worry about it. So he did an MRI. Then weeks later, they called us back in. Mm-hmm. We get in there and I can sort of see you know, the doctor's face. Cause I, I, I kind of, I'm always big on reading people's energy and vibe. And I kind of study, you know, the whole human experience, you know, of it all. And he's like, well, here's the thing. We do see a mask growing on her rib, her top rib. We're like, oh, he's like, but nothing to worry. Let's not jump ahead of ourselves. We're going to take a, a, a sample. I think it was called a biopsy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And we're going to send it to the lab and then we'll let you know, you know, what the result is. Mm -hmm. Went through that, did that process. When we came back, I could tell something wasn't right. 
his this whole vibe. And he's like, well, you know, sorry to kind of tell you is that, you know, you have, meaning my wife, have cancer. Hmm. What? Here all the time, there's, you know, they're saying maybe arthritis. Right, yeah, yeah. They don't know, not realizing the mass was growing on her nerve. And now all of a sudden, the, the C word. So that was, that was rough. Yeah. We took it hard because we know what that entails. Mm-hmm. And they said, listen, what we want to do, this was around December of that year. What we want to do, we want to kind of have a surgery and kind of go in and remove the rib. Now, around the same time, because we were dealing with doctors. Remove the rib or the mass? That's- remove the rib. Because what happened, the mass uh-huh. became bone cancer. And it was bone cancer. And it was in her rib. Oh. So they, even though they saw the mass, once I guess they did more testing, they saw that it was in her bone. So they had to remove her rib. Whoa. Yeah. And I guess they decided that, you know what we're going to do? We're going to have two surgeries. We're going to have the first surgery where we're going to go in and remove her thyroid. That's going to be a two-hour procedure. And then we're going to have the next team come in, surgeon and that team come in Mm -hmm. and remove the rib. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, we heard that. At that point, Terrence, it didn't really hit me at this point because we were like, okay, that was part of us, even though it was cancer, but there was some sort of, I guess, relief in my wife feeling, okay, that we're going to address this because I know I'm not going crazy. Right. The pain was intensifying and I'm preaching to the choir, dealing with a woman that you had that in your, the ups and downs, you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. So the part of, we're like, okay, Okay, this is what's going to happen. They're going to have the the surgery. Right. This was December. They scheduled the surgery for February. I'm going to show you now how in this, I had to trust and believe in God. Mm -hmm. That February, I prayed with my wife. I kissed her as they wheeled her off into the emergency room. Now, I, I, we come from sort of, we have a, a dope village in a sense where she's got three sisters, you know, mm-hmm. and their husband and kids. And I have my parents. And I basically said, listen, nobody needs to come to the hospital. I will be sort of the, I will funnel the information. I'll let you know what's going on. Right. My parents, why don't you watch our, our son who was young at that point? You know, I, I, I got it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Guys, I'm good. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. So I said goodbye to her. I prayed with her and, you know, kind of waited. You know, I talked to God. I listened to some music. You know, I've always been into world affairs. I, I did a lot. And the first surgery, which was two hours, ended up taking a little under three hours. But I, I wasn't really too concerned. Mm-hmm. So the surgeon comes out and he says, hey, everything went well. And... Once she's done, we can always figure out the course of treatment moving forward. Because now she doesn't have this gland in her body that her body needs. Right. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. That's it. Cool. So I said, so what's what's actually happening right now? And he says, well, your wife now is continuing surgery. We're the continuing decision. 
And Terrence, that's when for the first time it hit me that, wait a minute, God didn't intend for us to have surgery. Mm -hmm. Surgery to me Mm -hmm. is a violation of the human body. Not criminally, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm like, that's when it, I, it didn't really hit us in December. I'm like, wait a minute, my, my wife is kind of laying there, lifeless. They cut her throat, and now they continue the, the incision. That's why anybody who, who sees me with my wife, you know, sometimes people look at her. Sometimes people don't know how to sort of act. Right, right. She has a scar here and down. Mm-hmm. Because her skin, a keloid. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, Lord. That's when I started to talk to God a little more and understand what was going on. Mm-hmm. This is now three hours. We're going into now the second surgery. Both surgeries were supposed to be four hours. Right. About two and a half hours into the second surgery, a doctor comes out in the waiting area and he speaks to another family, separate doctor, separate situation. And I'm just in there listening and he's telling them, Hey, listen, I'm sorry to tell you, but we opened her up and the cancer just spread. There's nothing that we could do. All we can do now is close her back and figure out what's going to be her quality of life for these next few months. And I'm like, you know what that means? (laughs) Yeah. You know? So at that point I'm like, okay, Lord, what's going on? Mm-hmm. Hour four, I'm not hearing nothing. Hour four of the second surgery, my wife was under for six hours. I'm speaking to the nurses, what's going on? Nobody's telling me nothing. The family's calling me. Mm-hmm. And I really began to, to talk with God. And what I'm about to say is something that we have to sort of wrestle with as Christians. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I had to realize the story of Job. Job did nothing to deserve what happened to him. Mm -hmm. It was the devil that was saying, yo, God, he ain't going to rock with you. Right. Yeah. He he said, no, he ain't going to, he got your back because he's got everything. Mm -hmm. And so to prove a point, God allowed the devil to attack Job. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. So in my mind, I realized there are a lot of times that things happen to us. is not necessarily anything that we brought upon ourselves, mm-hmm. but it is so that God could be glorified. Yeah. Hour six of the second surgery. Nobody's telling me nothing. I'm getting worried. Your, your mind goes. Yeah. Hour six of the second surgery. Absolutely. She's under for eight, eight hours. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, okay. Yeah. A, are they trying to figure out, okay, the cancer spread like the other person? Is she dead? Mm-hmm. Am I going to be a widow? How mm-hmm. I'm going to raise? Like, I really had a conversation with God. And even though, as I said, I, I have we have such an awesome village, but I felt alone. Mm-hmm. And the only person that was there in that waiting room was myself and God. And God said, Lionel, I have you. And I would talk with God. I was like, okay, but God, why isn't somebody, you know, I had a conversation in throughout my, my walk. I have conversations with God. Mm-hmm. Trying to bother the nurse. Why somebody won't come out and tell me. Finally, what ended up happening was the doctor came out after nine hours. 
So throughout all this time, I'm thinking, okay, I don't understand the human body. Can somebody even be under for that long? It was right. only four hours. Be okay, right. You know, it'd be oh, so many things. So he comes out. And before I, I kind of tell you my interaction with him, let me sort of add to when you go to see the doctor and the ward, the whole nice, you know, set up. <laughs> Right. There's always in that wing, like, I guess, plaque name plaques of of names down. Right. Mm -hmm. Of all the doctors in that department. He is at the top of that. So I'm about to have a conversation with the chairman of the cardiothoracic department of New York Presbyterian. Watch how God is working. After I felt, I had never felt for those nine hours, which felt like nine months in Siberia, in my valley, I had never felt alone until God revealed to me, I have your back. Watch this. So he comes out and he says, you know, I just want to let you know what happened with the surgery. Because I had two, there, there was two things. One was what's going on with my wife, what took so long. He said from December to February, the cancer grew. Like my wife was saying, there's something in my body and I feel and it's getting intense. Mm. There wasn't any pain medication to sort of really handle it. Right, right. To right. the point that when they opened her up, they were trying to save other organs because the thing just spread. It's almost like how, you know, you ever see a vine and yeah, yeah. Tree and it wraps around the house? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's what had happened. It grew so much in those two months to the point that beside that it wrapped around the mass, leaving the bone wrapped around her collarbone. And they're trying to figure out what they needed to do, what they end up doing. And they had to cut a piece of her collarbone where she has a gap permanently. Mm. And I'm like, wow, God, wow. You're able. Mm -hmm. I'm like, wow. Now here it is. Emotion number two. To show you how, let me tell you, in life, <laughs> Terrence, one thing I have, I, I've been learned to do is mm-hmm. eat humble pie and have an acquired taste for it. <laughs> so my next emotion was going to be, obviously, this is a white doctor, mm-hmm. but I'm like, bro, I, I said, doctor, so-and-so, why didn't throughout all these hours, someone come and tell me what was going on? I have everybody calling me and what's going on. He says to me. What do you want me to do? You want me to come out here and make you feel good about yourself while your wife's chest is open? I'm like, really? Whoa. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> God-like complex. He uh-huh. have the best bedside manner. Uh-huh. And Lionel, the human, was really starting to flare up. Uh-huh. God said to me, be easy, Lionel. I will use your enemies to take care of you. And God revealed to me that there was a reason why the chairman of the, the department, who usually doesn't do a lot of his surgery, got put in it with all his arrogance because he had the experience to figure out what needed to happen on the unknown. Mm, mm-hmm. So even though I had reason to sort of be angry, I kind of sort of pulled back and said, all right, I surrender God. 
So I said to him, okay, can I now go see my wife? I watched the flip of this. He's like, well, she's still in surgery for a little bit because, you know, her chest is still open and just still trying to fix some things, blah, blah, blah. And I said, well, ironically, why are you here talking to me? Why aren't you in there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? My wife's chest is still open. He says to me, oh, I don't open and close. Other surgeons do that. They call me when 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 the chest is open. I'm like, this guy is so arrogant. Wow. But yeah. God used him mm-hmm. to get us through that. The last thing I will say to show you how God had had to work in our lives. When she came out, and you know, there's certain things that usually happens that you know that usually every six months they do testing to see how everything is going well with cancer. Right, 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 right. But they wanted to do a test a month after the surgery. So my wife goes in uh, to meet with the doctor, Mm -hmm. and I didn't go with her. And she calls me after that, and she's crying, hysterical. And I was like, babe, what's going on? He said, I just spoke to the doctor, and the doctor said, there's good news and bad news. I'm like, wait, bad news? Yeah. said, what did the doctor say? The doctor says the good news is that you don't have to have chemo, which till you can understand mm-hmm. what a body goes through. Yeah. yeah. But he said the bad news is we have to go back in because there was some cancer left. And I'm like, after all of that, mm. they have to cut you open? Mm. Listen, if, if those who don't believe in God or those who think, hey, listen, Lionel, I'd like to be in this position. I didn't care about any hit record. I kind of stepped away from the industry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. This is, this is my wife. And what year, what, what year was y'all married? Uh, 98. Okay. Okay. So that's, wait, help me with that. What was that? Five, t- 10 years in? No, three years in. This happened three years oh, in. So three years in. Yes, yes, and that's what I'm saying. Can you imagine trying to figure yourself out three yeah. years in in our marriage? This happened. Oh, this is only three years in. Yes, oh. yes. As we're trying to figure ourselves out, yeah, you know, because yeah, yeah. sometimes when you you know when couples go through things, two mm-hmm. things can either happen. You can either come together or go apart. Right, right, right. So our our marriage was being tested because her body was going through things in the first, and I didn't understand. Right. Three years in our marriage. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And so what ended up happening was because they wanted to go back in as soon as possible, mm-hmm. but because the surgery was so extensive mm-hmm. that they had to wait for her body to heal three yeah. months to go back in. And the last thing I, I will say to this to show you, you know, a lot of times we can still be in, in the right, but self takes over. The second surgery, you know, anybody that knows anything about New, New York Presbyterian, it's sort of right on this east side highway. You can sort of see Queens and the water. And she had a, a, a nice view of the room. The second surgery, you know, she's catching a fever and they're like, hey, listen, um, I think she should, should go home. And I'm like, no, I need to speak to, to the doctor. So, of course, that same guy walks in here, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and I'm like, you know, Dr. So-and-so, why are they trying to discharge her 
you know, when she has a fever, that means the body fighting. He's like, well, you know, it's best that she go home because what do you want her to be here and look at the water view? And I'm like, really? <laughs> but God used that band to sort of breathe and heal my wife. And to me, I'll reiterate, I've had some really sad and dark moments in my career. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That yeah. doesn't even compare to this. When yeah. God was with me and I was alone and I had to depend on him and had to come to terms with there might be a chance I might be a widow and it might have to be God's will. Joe, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. That's kind of deep. That is deep. That's real deep. That's that's and that's deep when you can come to to the I think that's a maturity uh, 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 point where you can say it just might be his will like you. You don't know what God's will is because only he sees the big picture. Absolutely. We, we only see the small picture. And it's like, no, he can't want this. He can't want that person to pay. And it's just like, he's operating in infinity. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's why I always tell people, you know what? And obviously there are things that as humans, we're still going to feel some kind of way, mm -hmm. you know, but I tell people there's certain things I don't worry about. That's above my pay grade. I let God handle that. Because mm -hmm. a lot of times, you mean we take on things, and sometimes we have to let go and let God. Right, 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 right. Wow, dude. Wow. Yeah. I, wow. Yeah. That's yeah. The, and a lot of people didn't realize, and you know, my wife is really private. And, you know, mm -hmm. the thing is that my main ministry is my home. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we are ambitious people, are creative people. There's nothing wrong with pursuing certain things. Right. But what I went through, hands down, mm -hmm. was the toughest thing that I can ever say, however Lionel felt that, oh, I wasn't producing. You know what I'm saying? To me, that became irrelevant. Mm -hmm. And somebody could say, well, look what Lionel has, but did, did you know what Lionel went through? He had to trust in God and I could lost my mind and, you know, and depression, everything. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, man. I thank you. I thank you for sharing, man. I I know this is gonna help somebody. Yeah, I hope so. And that's why I was like, all right, you know, I, I'm gonna do it because mm -hmm. you know, I want to make sure that every time I've had certain milestones in my life in my career, it's only because of God. It's only so that I can magnify Him and say, "Yo, listen, mm -hmm. God did this mm -hmm. because of this." Right, 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 right. So now let me let me ask this question. Did all of those accolades well it came after it came after all of the, the, the surgery during the building of Nina Sky? Yeah. Oh during the building of Nina yes. Sky. Yes. And I stepped away. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. I, I stepped away. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, of course. And of course, I you know there 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 are people who who, you know, no judgment, who really chase that success. And sometimes it comes at the detriment of your relationship with your kids or your wife, or maybe you should have been there to take care of your parents who are aging, you know, but I made that choice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's pretty honorable, man. That's, yeah, thank that's you. Honorable. What an amazing testimony. Um, that's only part one, y'all. Um, the interview next week, I'm going to play part two. Um, we go deeper into relationships, 
um, how to make them work. And then also, if you're a creative, if you're, if you're in the music industry, we got a couple of nuggets there on how to deal with um, the balance between home and, and work, being a creative and, and doing things like that. Uh, so definitely come back next week. Um, same, same place, Words for Life podcast. Or if you're catching us on YouTube, we'll be here next week as well. Lionel, I want to thank you again for being as candid as you were. Uh, blessings to you and the fam. Love you, bro. Love you, bro, for real. Uh, right now, we're going to play a Words for Life track that we did with Pastor Paul Graham. It's actually entitled Success. So I'm pretty sure you're going to enjoy that. Hey, like, subscribe, uh, leave, leave a comment also. Let me know. Let us know how this has blessed you. I'll, I'll share it with Lionel. Also, all his contact info, how you can keep in touch with him on Facebook and Instagram. That's in the description. So if you didn't ch- check that out, uh, I think it's down below. Yeah, go down below, check it out, and hit him up. Leave him a message. Say thank you for the for 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 the inspiration. And with that, we're out. Enjoy the Words for Life track, success. And we will see you next week with part two as we dig a little deeper into relationships. Whenever I think of success, I think of my own life. I think of what God did for me years ago when people said that I would never succeed. I would never have success in ministry. When you look at the word success, you look at the other word succeed, you got to recognize that there's a word seed in that word. And when you look at that word, so many people want success without working hard for it, without planting something. You think that you're going to get the fruits of something without planting the seed. I need you to know that people need to recognize that when it comes to success, you need to plant seeds, you need to water it, you need to cultivate it and watch it grow and reap the benefits from it. When you plant a seed and you're successful, other people are supposed to eat from the fruit of your success. I want want people to realize that success is not predicated on what someone thinks about you. It's how you think about yourself. It's how you think God thinks about you. Many times we think success is all about money and we think success is about what people, um, how people lord over us. But when you wake up in the morning and you see your face in the mirror and you're satisfied with that face looking back at you, that's success. If you're worried about what other people feel, then your success will be based on other individuals' applause. Success is about waking up and applauding yourself. Success is about being able to applaud others. And success, most of all, is about God looking down and saying, not only did you plant the seed, but you allowed me to be a part of the growth process. One thing about success is recognizing that you got to take risks and you got to be willing to fail. You got to take failure and success together because success doesn't happen automatically. It comes with the building blocks of failure. I looked at I look at my past churches. One of my churches had a membership of 40. I remember one of my other churches had a membership of 60 something. I, I remember another one of my church had a membership of 80. And here it is that I recognized that God wanted me to understand that success wasn't about the amount of members that you have. Success was about were you feeding those members so they can feed others. And when that concept hit me, 
and I was able to start at another church from scratch, I realized that if I can teach people to fish, then they will become fishers of men. As, as strong as they were is as strong as they can make other individuals. So when I planted that seed, the seed that I've planted, I'm able to now sit back and watch the tree grow and watch people eat from that tree. And then watch them take the seed from that fruit and build other vineyards. So success is about taking the word succeed, taking the word seed out of that, finding some fertile ground, planting that seed, watching it grow, and then making sure that you're not the only one that benefits from that success, but others are able to succeed and plant also. 